We're recording. In LA, almost all of us who can stay home are Some are, are quarantined. Six feet max. Here we go. Welcome to Corn Stream. I'm your host, Bob Christian, and I am in Los Angeles. Again, uh, today I am here with, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Sydney McMath. I'm here in New Orleans. Sydney, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, about your experience right now. So for the audience, just a quick catch up. Quarantstream is a show about the top five things to watch during the worldwide or American quarantine, whichever one you prefer. Each episode, I talk to someone whose opinion and taste I like, and they discuss their top five things to binge or watch during this episode. So first off, uh, Sydney, what makes a good show to binge right now for you? It's got to be something that's funny, that's got different layers of a diff of the story. You know, I, I don't want it to just be a linear story. I'd like for there to be interlocking parts of this character overlapping this character. And I tend to like serious stuff, but I also have to kind of break it up with goofy, silly stuff, to you know, so I don't lose my mind entirely in this whole thing. <laughs> I can't wait to get into your list. The first thing I noticed when I was looking over your list is that it is deeply rooted in the year 1999. <laughs> Not only that, most of the things that you listed also have upcoming sequels or prequels. I think a lot of people right now are stuck in 1999, and I'm really excited to get through the list. For the other part of the show, though, how are you doing? How is life in New Orleans right now? It's weird. I mean, it's really weird to see, obviously, a, a city that's booming all the time, basically with tourism and bars and nightlife, boarded up, shuttered up. I mean, it's really sad. I mean, it's really, really pretty. You can see the architecture of the buildings. Everything's clean. There's nobody on the streets. There's occasional people out riding their bike and stuff, but um, it's it's eerie more than anything. It's peaceful, but also in kind of a guarded way. I definitely don't think I'd like it to stay like this for an extended period of time. It hasn't gotten to me yet, only because I'm also still able to work a couple days a week at the cafe where I work because we're allowed to be open for food service to go. So I'm not totally quarantined. Otherwise, I'd probably have a different <laughs> take on it right now. In LA, we're about 15 days into our quarantine. Uh, Louisiana has not been in quarantine that long. Do you know about how long you guys have been under these orders? Oh, we got, I think the orders were March 17th or so. I mean, loosely in New Orleans, they were in the orders. They were the day before St. Patrick's Day because we canceled all the St. Patrick's festivities that weekend, technically. And then the orders came down Monday. Pat O'Brien's closed on Monday. And then- So you guys are there, pretty much in the same boat that we are. Yeah. I think we're March 18th. Yeah, okay. the, the Governor Edwards didn't actually officially do the order for the whole state until like maybe the 21st or something, but we were already doing it in New Orleans because Mayor Cantrell already kind of put her foot down, which is good. And then Edwards actually officially said today, April 30th, which we all knew was going to happen. Yeah. So uh, what was your first day in quarantine like? What was, what was this like in the beginning for you? I was really shocked, obviously. I mean, we didn't really have a lot of notice that it was going to kind of roll out like it did. I played my last show at Pat O'Brien's on that Sunday, which I guess was the 15th. And basically right when I was getting off stage, we got a group text saying that we're not doing music. And then the next day the whole bar closed because it was, it was really, really quick. I mean, it was necessary, but I I've been thinking of projects and stuff that I want to do around the house artwork. I want to work on music. I want to work on. So I was kind of looking forward to it. I had saved up some money to move. Um, if I moved back to South Carolina, I was saving up money. But so, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I, I'm going to go through what I had saved up. But 
it's it's just weird to not really have anywhere that I have to be. I've worked two jobs for so long that I'm just kind of, I don't know. It's good and bad. What was it like that last night playing music at Pat O'Brien's? Was it well, packed I and, know- and going off? Yeah, it was it was okay. It was the Sunday of St. Patrick's Day weekend where everything had already been canceled. So there was still a good amount of people out. But we knew we kind of knew it was going to happen the night before the police were closing people off of Bourbon Street about 10. And then they came back about 12 to really get people to disperse because they didn't want groups of whatever it was at the time, 100 or more. So I didn't actually know it was, <laughs> was my it really 100 show. or more. Yeah, there were I think it started out as 500 or more. And then it was 200, and then it was 50, and then it was 10. I think that's the yeah, way it 10 went. is where we started. I think that says a lot about the New Orleans lifestyle versus yeah. lifestyle here. That's awesome. And people got, I mean, people just got arrested like two days ago for having this crazy big second line party of like mm. 400 and something people, which was ridiculous. But um, no, I didn't know it was my last night at work because, like I said, I mean, when I got done, I played the day shift that day, so I got done at 5.30 or 6, and got the text kind of as I was still in the building. Everybody was a group text with our boss. And so I didn't really know. I mean, I kind of knew, but I kind of didn't know. I just didn't know it was coming that day. So we had a good day. I mean, there was lots of really nice people in there, lots of cool songs. I think people were probably trying to get the last little bit of life out of the springtime before they got locked up. And uh, who are you locked in with now? I'm locked in with all of my animals. <laughs> what all animals do you have? Currently, we have uh, we have two pigeons and a dove and five parrots and a python and two African tortoises and a squirrel. So no usual pets. No, no. Well, no. My dog. I I don't know if you remember my dog. He actually passed away right before Mardi Gras from his heart situation. So he's not here to mm-hmm. enjoy this. Mommy being home, I've been reminded many times that there are foster dogs available, and I haven't I haven't totally discounted that idea. Um. But no, no normal pets, just the reptile freak show here. <laughs> What's it like uh, quarantining with a squirrel and a python? Uh, well, they're not in the cage together, so <laughs> probably happier <laughs> for the squirrel, at least. Um, it's cool. I mean, the python's really cool. He's like 12 years old. He eats once a week. Squirrels in her cage doing backflips most of the time. So uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, they're really entertaining. They really do keep me company, and the birds talk, so they're obviously entertaining. That's cool. Are you are you getting out much? Or are you basically staying inside? Yeah, I'm getting out when I go to work. I it's in the French Quarter. It's actually about a block from Pato's. I drive over there. I park at my friend's condo, who's got a gated condo that lets me park there. He doesn't live here. Him and his wife live in Chicago, so I park there because the hotel is closed. So I'm not able to park in the hotel parking where I normally park. Mm-hmm. So I get over there. I work like six hours. I may or may not see ten or twelve people all day. So it's very very quiet. But we're one of the only places that is actually open in that part of the neighborhood. So everybody that comes in is very thankful that we're there. Plus, we have coffee, so that doesn't hurt. And we have wine, so that doesn't hurt. (laughs) So, But otherwise, I'm here. I try to live stream music on Facebook and that kind of thing and just try to not lose my mind. I live right off of St. Charles, so it's really, really pretty to go walk up and down. The weather's been absolutely perfect. Like, if this would have happened in the summertime, I probably would be homicidal <laughs> but weather is actually really nice right now so i'm not i'm not mad really at it at all you know i uh, was listening to the radio earlier today and there was the tori amos cover of nirvana playing and i thought of you and i it's i've been good. watching some of your live streams that kind of stuff you're putting out so that's really encouraging of you uh I, i'm in part of a writer's group and we were talking last night 
do you feel like you're playing and listening to more music or are you less interested in listening to music right now than you were before? Well, it's actually kind of cool because I'm getting, you know, I still ask people if they want to hear a song, just let me know. And if it's a song I've never heard, I get to listen to a new song and learn it. And that's really cool. But also, since I'm always on stage at night, I never, ever get to see any of my friends play. I never really get to go to drag or burlesque shows because I'm always on stage at night when those are going on. So I've been able to watch a lot of my friends live feeds from their houses doing the exact same thing, which is really cool. And plus, I like to see people's houses. It's really fun. So, I mean, maybe more, honestly, than normal, because, you know, normally when I get off stage, I go right home and I don't I don't go out because it's like two or three in the morning. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty cool with seeing everybody's creativity and how they're working around this distant you know performing yeah i got one last question before we get into your list and this is just a question that i thought of as i was interviewing the last guest would you say right now you're thinking more about the past present or future i would say i mean the present obviously is very it's very i guess on the forefront just because it's so stark as far as like being different for what i would normally be doing I think about the past only a glimpses of like, wow, I was doing this this time last month, you know, now I'm doing this. So it's kind of a comparison to think about what I was doing or what I would be doing versus how it is now. So really the only thing I can think of to keep me sane and comforted is to think about the future, like thinking about what it's going to be like when we do go back to work. What's it going to be like when the tourists come back to town? Yeah. When we're going to all be able to see each other again. And then I think about people that I might never see again. I mean, like certain customers that I've ever had. I don't know if there's people that are going to leave town and just not be able to come back or financially have to move back to wherever. So, you know, it's kind of like apprehensive, but also hopeful in both kind of ways. I'd say I'm in the same boat. I can't really think about the present anymore because it's just changing so fast that I can't try and control it or wrap my head around that. I just kind of let it go. Right. I, so I think a lot about the future because I know the future is going to change. It's the, the what you said about your customers wondering if they're going to come back or people going to leave. We're in the same boat here. We've talked about moving for a while. And if LA stretches this thing into June, I mean, my I've said this before on the podcast, my work dried up the soon as soon as the quarantine began. Oh, yeah. uh, and which is fine. We, we have savings. We, we have some money saved up. Like everybody, we're going to burn through it. But then we're like, well, maybe we should just go to Florida, especially if this thing's supposed to come back in the fall. Do we want to live here then when the industry's shut down? There's just no work here. So right. it's hard. But but I do get through by watching television and thinking about the positive things in the future. Like you said, what's it like going to be like when I go to a restaurant again or when I get to go see the movies? Right. And that is very exciting to me, even though who knows what shape that's going to take. Right. <laughs> So with that, let's jump into your list. I'm very excited about going through it. Uh, before we get into it, Sydney, do you have any changes you want to make to your list? Nope. <laughs> All right, great. I should say before we get into the top five that this is a part of a much larger list you sent me, but this is a very good list and I can't wait to get into it. All right, everybody. This is Sydney from New Orleans, top five things to stream during the quarantine. Here we go. Starting out with number five, a personal favorite of mine, Law & Order SVU. I was recalled around my house, just SVU. Yeah. It's available to stream on Hulu and NBC. Uh, premiered September 1999, currently has 21 seasons, and it's actually been renewed for up to 24 total seasons. It was created by Dick Wolf. And since you sent me this list, I found out that there is 
then the announcement that there's going to be a spinoff of this series just about Stapler. I'm so happy with that. I know. He <laughs> left the show and like, what is this? Yeah. So before we get into that, Sydney, uh, tell me a little bit about this show. What do you love about the show? So I lived in Manhattan and I absolutely love anything involving Manhattan. It's my favorite sitting on the whole planet. I mean, there's some close contenders for number one, but I mean, anything New York is, I'm going to eat, sleep and breathe New York, whatever it is. I don't care. Love the cops. I've always had really good experiences with NYPD cops. I just love everything about it. I love the detective work. I love all the characters. I love the, I love the people who play the characters in real life. They all seem like decent people, but I love their characters and their character development over the season for that. I mean, I've probably watched Law and Order probably six times all the way through, honestly, and that's terrible, but it's true. Do you have a favorite police officer? I mean, I'm partial to Tutuola only because he's awesome, and, you know, and I, I was, I listened to NWA I, like everybody in the 90s, <laughs> but I like Captain Cragen. Um, I love Benson and Stabler, obviously. Who doesn't? I like They're Munch. I mean, I like all of them. They really are. They're all so good. I mean. It's just a whole thing. I don't know anybody in that. In that, I liked Wong when he was on. Ah, uh, BD Skoda Wong. When he was on. Yep. You're naming all the older, the older people. Are you streaming the older episodes, or do you watch any of the new stuff as well? I've watched all of them, but the ones that I typically like the most are like the first maybe 13 seasons, and I mean that's still mm -hmm. a lot. But I typically like the older ones of really any show. I watched Nip Tuck for a while, and really after like at the last two seasons, just totally lost me. So I kind of tend to stay in the earlier part of all the. <laughs> anything i watch <laughs> so what brings you back to this show now during the during the coronavirus i think it's comforting only because it makes me think of being somewhere that is busy and bustling 24 hours a day which is new york i don't know i mean i like i feel like i watched it so often that i i know the characters like personally mm -hmm. it's like it's like we're friends i'm talking to them i like the way that i can just pick any random episode and watch it and it kind of stands alone as a good episode of a show without even knowing oh, the yeah. history of the whole series. So I like it because it's, it's like kind of a non-committal thing that keeps my brain entertained, but I can also kind of tune out, but I don't have to sit and stare for every detail because I've watched them so many times that I'm kind of just reiterating it to myself subconsciously, maybe. When my wife and I were sleep technicians, we would wake up for the daytime around 3 p.m. And for the first, you know, six months that we were sleep technicians, we would just lay on the couch and stream SVU. This was like the very beginning of streaming. So we watched every episode of the first 16 seasons. And I feel just like you do. I feel like when I turned it on, it's somehow familiar, especially the early episodes with Vincent and Stabler. The mm -hmm. new cast, they just weren't part of that streaming experience I had. So it feels comforting and I can just pop in and I do feel when there are those little bits like about Olivia's mom or something that pops up in an episode. I right. feel like I'm on the inner the inner club like, ooh, I know more about this story than what's right. going on here. <laughs> All right. So uh, number four, Courage the Cowardly Dog. It's available to stream on Boomerang. It's got a free seven day trial on Amazon Prime. This is another show that premiered in 1999. It's, it ran for four seasons, which wrapped in 2002. It originally premiered as a short in 1996, and there is a sequel prequel coming out this fall called Before Courage. Sydney, I hate to admit this to you, but I have never even heard of this show before. It's so cute. Oh my goodness. It was a Cartoon Network show back in the day. I don't know if it was an original. The one I've got on Hulu, I believe, is eight seasons. I don't know what the difference is. Ooh, okay. Not Hulu. Amazon. Sorry. Um, I've gone through so many subscriptions that I have no idea where I am, but I have it on Amazon. <laughs> I've got the boomerang little extra thing. You pay like four bucks more for a month. 
totally worth it. They've got like Yogi Bear and all the old Hanna-Barbera ones on there. So he's this little hapless dog and he's terrified of his own shadow, but he gets adopted by this older couple. And it's a cartoon, of course. And the husband is just this mean, crotchety old guy. And the wife is just this adorable little Scottish lady. And she is constantly getting herself almost killed. And the poor little dog is always trying to save the woman. And it's really dark. It's almost kind of like a Ren and Stimpy. It's kind of dystopic a little bit. Like, uh-huh. I really like it because it's the graphics are really bright, but it's also very dark, if that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. they sometimes zoom oh, yeah. in on a section like Ren and Stimpy used to do, where it was super, super detailed. So I like mm-hmm. it because it reminds me of the old school, like, early 90s animation. But I just love him. He's just adorable. I mean, he's, you know, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, but... It just makes me happy to watch it because, you know, it's always going to turn out good. Like there was one episode where eggplants were alive and they came back to kill anyone, you know, kill people and take over people because people were eating eggplant parmesan. It, it's just asinine, but it's really, really cute and it's really good for kids. It's good for adults. So you sent me a, a much larger list with a bunch of different names on it. What made this cartoon be the one that made your final top five? It's got so much dead space in it as far as like the lack of dialogue. There's a lot of motion in it that you have to actually watch so i can kind of put it on i can listen to the background music and it's got all sorts of like theremins in it and weird little science fictiony sounding instruments so it's cool to listen to even though i don't have to sit and stare at it mm-hmm. because while while i've been at home doing stuff i'm, I'm trying to actually do stuff i'm trying not to just depression nap all day because i will <laughs> so i'm trying to get stuff that i can listen to without having to look at and listen to and it's still like i said with that law and order it still kind of keeps my brain engaged a little bit but then you can kind of tell when the music picks up that something's about to happen. So, you know, you look over and I I only have everything on my phone or my iPad. I don't actually have a TV. So I've always got whatever propped up wherever I'm working. So it's uh-huh. it's cool to have in the background. And like I said, it's really bright. Music's good. It's kind of more of a visual thing and oral thing than it is storyline type thing for me. It's kind of a nice distraction. Awesome. I can't wait to take a sharp turn with your number three. The <laughs> Oh, dear. Polar opposite of everything you just said you loved about Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, Number three being, I guess, one of the two mob uh, suggestions that actually made your top five from a much larger list again. Goodfellas comes in at number three. You can stream it on Netflix, and it's discounted on Amazon Prime right now. This is a 1990 film directed by Martin Scorsese. This is a previous number one pick by guest Aaron, one of the first guests of the show. Uh, Tell me just one or two sentence synopsis of this film. I wouldn't say it's a coming-of-age film, kind of, but it starts off with, you know, basically Ray Liotta's characters, this innocent kid on the street, kind of gets swooped up. Hey, kid, you want to make some money? Lots of money, lots of people die, there's cocaine, and uh, then he gets in the witness protection program for bringing down this big faction of the mob. Um, All right, that's three sentences. I'm going to hold you at that. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to hold you at that. Three sentences. What I want to know is, of all the mob films you sent me, why this one? Because, honestly, you listed Departed as one of the films that you've been watching. Personally, that's my all-time favorite film. So to have that movie not even make your list, and then Goodfellas get the get a ranking on your list instead, what is it about Goodfellas you like so much? I like Goodfellas because it was more modern than the Godfather series, um, which I love, obviously. I ranked it over Departed only because... The Departed focuses more on kind of like the Irish section of the mob versus the Italian section of the mob. And my tendency is to like more of the Italian kind of 
part, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't, <laughs> I honestly have never thought of those as being very different in the media universe. Why do you prefer the Italian side of the mob versus the, uh, the Irish? Probably from the Godfather. I mean, probably from those types of characters. It's a different, I mean, if you, if you, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it's just a different kind of mentality. It's similar, but it's different. Like the different of mm -hmm. the structure of how they figure out who's boss and all that stuff is slightly different. Um, and the the Italian, I just feel like is more classic mob. Like when you say mob, you don't think of the Irish. Obviously they have a mob. You don't think of Asian mob. You think of the Italian mob, the mafia. So, so to me, it's just yeah. more typical. I mean, you know, and then Departed too is more really about police corruption and like the mob is kind of an mm -hmm. offshoot of that. So, I mean, the Departed, I kind of, I wouldn't necessarily even put it in with a mob movie. I was, I would put it in with like a police corruption movie. So it's kind of, that's, I think why the, the Departed didn't make my top list. All right. I'll let you have this one. So <laughs> moving on to number two, this is one of the most talked about movies. I think of the entire pandemic, this movie is going to rise to the top. Tiger King, available to stream on Netflix. It was a previous pick uh, by Amber. It is a 2020 release. It is a pandemic release. It's a seven-part docuseries. You said you've watched this show twice. I have. Can you sum up this show in two sentences? Oh, man. Okay, it's going to be a long two sentences, but tigers. So the main character has tigers in a sanctuary. The secondary main character is a lady that also has tigers in a sanctuary. And they're both fighting each other through the whole thing. Lots of meth, polygamy, people die. It's 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 got everything. It's really awful. <laughs> it's the way, so I'm two episodes in, and I've oh, spread boy. them out. I haven't watched them on top of each other, but it's a kind of mob. The way the yep. way that the cat people talk about it, they're so tight with each other, and they control this industry in a very. It's very unknown to me. I had no idea that there was this much control over something I would assume never happened in the United States. I sort of felt the same way. I really didn't realize that that many people had large cats. I mean, I knew it happened, but I really only ever think of people with like billions and billions of dollars having like a house Jaguar or something. And I yeah, also didn't right? realize they were as inexpensive as they were. I mean, like to buy. I mean, you oh, yeah. upkeep them and stuff. But like, I, I thought a tiger was like 15 grand or something crazy. Oh, I thought it was even higher than that, because why would it not be? It's a tiger. Exactly. It's what I thought. But they're not. They're apparently like $2,000. Yeah, that, that came out in episode two for me. $2,000. And then there's a caveat in that. Joe Exotic says, they're $2,000. And you know, that's because they're illegal. So I, I'm assuming they were dirt cheap before they went illegal. Which, that makes sense. And that's so weird because, well, I'm not going to ruin the rest of the show for you, but there's something else that happens in the later, later part of the show that you would think would be like $100,000, but the whole thing falls apart over this thing that allegedly was only $3,000. I'll let you get into that. I don't want to blow it for you. But I don't know right. what's happening. I don't know if it's just because it's Oklahoma and things are like the cost of living is less expensive there. But yeah, no, the whole show is nuts. I couldn't believe it. I watched the first episode just thinking I was going to be, yeah, this is going to be some stupid overblown thing. And I have not laughed that hard in probably 10 years because I was just blown away at how ridiculous it is. You know, you said the thing about you didn't know this many people would have tigers. I didn't know that there's there were this many sketchy zoos. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at Joe Exotic Zoo, I would never take my family to that zoo, and yet no. it's pouring. People are just rushing in to see this thing, and it looks sketchy. And then the people working there look so sketchy. 
Well, and I'm not, I mean, I really hope that some of them, I mean, on the one hand, as entertaining as it is, I'm obviously concerned about the welfare of the animals. And the most, like, blatant thing that I found in the show was that the lady that he's obviously his arch nemesis, Carol, she complains that his place is so dirty and run down and the cages are so small, but her place actually kind of looks worse. And she has Thank you for saying that. I thought dollars coming in. Yeah, my wife and I, I thought we were looking at something incorrectly because her place looks like something that I'd find in my grandmother's backyard that's been abandoned there for like a decade. No, it's crap. It's Not horrible. like a facility, right? Right. And then you see his and it does look nice. It looks like a decent place. Exactly. And that's what I think is the saddest part. Like, it's just like to me, it reminds me of when the whole series wraps up. He reminds me of Moby Dick because he basically shoots himself in the foot trying to take out this oh. whale. And Carol is obviously the whale. So, I mean, it's kind of deeper to think about it like that, despite the absolute stupidity of the show. But, you know, I really think that he just kind of is a hapless goofball. And I found out today that one of my friends in Texas actually used to work for him at Pet Safari in Texas back in the day. Has pictures and everything. So what did I, your friend say about that? Working oh, he just he posted from, I guess the series mentioned Pet Safari in Texas. And my friend posted on Facebook. I thought that I worked with him and here it is. I've gone back and found pictures and this is it. And, and it's a real thing. And he's a real person. And I was just like blown away because it validated that it was not some Hollywood basement, ridiculous documentary. Like this is a real person <laughs> and he actually is what they said he is. <laughs> being that this show is being talked about so much, I know it didn't make the number one spot on your list, but it's got a little bit of comedy. You can definitely look away and, be distracted by some by doing some piece of work, then look back when you hear, you know, a tiger growl or someone scream. Definitely. Could Tiger King be the ultimate pandemic show? Could this be what the the world needed? I really think so. I mean, because it's not it's just no matter how bad things get, you can really pick any one of those characters and think if I was that person, I would still be worse off than things are right now because every single character in that show is just horrible. Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. So coming in at number one, your number one suggestion for what to watch during this pandemic is The Sopranos. The Sopranos is available to stream on HBO and Amazon Prime. It is your third film to be released in 1999. Sopranos is regarded as the beginning of the golden age of TV. It's got six seasons wrapping up in 2007, and there is a spinoff, again, prequel coming this fall from HBO called The Many Saints of Newark. So I've only watched part of the first episode. Tell me, again, two or three sentences, what is Sopranos? I honestly have never watched the entire series until now. I've only seen an episode or two because I've never had HBO, but now I've got the streaming on Amazon. All I know is that it's about a New Jersey section of the mob off of New York. Okay. So how far are you into the show right now? You're watching I'm in it like episode now? six. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. This is and that and I think that's why I ended up on there instead of the departed, because this is a new thing for me that I'm actually this is the thing and I put it number one because this is the one thing that I actually have to like pay attention to. I've watched episode six like four times because I haven't because I missed things. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but it's really good. It's very deep. Um the characters, you know, have a very nice extended character development and you get to see who interacts with who and now you just find out that the therapist knows the neighbor of Tony Soprano. Anyway, so it's kind of, you know, you're you're getting to the point where 
the circles of these people's lives are going to start getting smaller and you're going to start seeing how this circle is narrowing not necessarily becoming like incestuous but kind of um which i really like i think that's really cool to see how characters tie in so i would say i'm in the exact same situation that you are i've tried to watch it a couple times it takes it's a long thing it's a lot of episodes it's six seasons i'm gonna have to sit down and really pay attention tell me why i should put that time into it now because i want to it's definitely been on the list of things that i should watch while i have time for for me the reason i started watching it is um if you have an amazon prime it's it's included it's free you don't have to pay for hbo you don't have to pay for anything extra and i believe they have all the seasons so to me it's like that's it's just one more thing on amazon prime that i haven't seen and it is something that can last me through an extended um period of free time as it were you know it's not like 13 seasons but it's also not one so it's something that i can kind of dedicate time to paying attention to but i really think i mean i can't i can't say how the show ends i can't say how the pace of watching it's going to be i mean it won tons of awards and i mean it got lots of notoriety so it can't be too bad (laughs) you're just enjoying it now yeah exactly so i can't speak as to how it'll turn out but i definitely am going to follow it through um it took me a long time to watch breaking bad too for that same reason because i kept trying to watch it and then just couldn't couldn't get past the first couple episodes but when i did and paid attention then i was like okay i gotta see where that goes so it's cool to kind of get you know interested and think about the next thing especially when all the other stuff that i've been watching i don't really have to think about much of anything especially the tiger king all right well thank you sydney so much for putting this list together uh just to recap real quick from number five to number one coming at number five is law and order svu or as i said just svu number four courage the cowardly dog three goodfellas two tiger king and number one the sopranos actually right before we got uh on this call i found out that hbo is about to be free for several weeks for everybody hbo is just doing a thing where they're just releasing hbo for free uh to promote the new hbo go or hbo now whatever it is so uh if you don't even have amazon prime you can still watch the sopranos now thank you so much for putting this list together sydney as a thank you i want to give you some recommendations that i suggest you check out sure based on your love for 1999 i suggest you go back and watch west wing aaron sorkin's white house drama yeah have you ever seen it yep i love west wing that's a great one to rewatch. great dialogue yep I also suggest Killing Them Softly. It's a 2012 film featuring Brad Pitt. It's a modern mob pig starring Ray Liotta. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. Okay, cool. Yeah, you might want to check that out. It's pretty good. There's, It's not the best movie of all time, but it's got some really fun stuff in it. And uh, I think it's grittier in the way that you might like. Cool. But my number one recommendation for you, and I'm so excited to tell you this, and I hope you haven't seen it. It's a documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh my god. It's, it's a, so bad. Have you seen it? I've only seen parts of it and I am horrified and I, I'm definitely going to watch oh, it, but I'm so glad you said that because I mean, I'm like there. I'm I'm ready to be creeped out by that old dude. <laughs> There's nothing more bonkers. People love Tiger King. Exactly. There's nothing more bonkers than the story of this the kidnapping of Jan Broberg. Like the family oh, yeah. involvement is crazy. Uh for those of you who haven't seen it, all I can say is it's a double kidnapping of the same kid by the same person essentially with the parents just refusing to not let them hang out together 
Anyway, well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Sydney. It was a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I'm so glad that things are going well for you in New Orleans and that you're keeping yourself super busy. Corn Stream was produced this week by me, Bobby Christian. Uh, special thanks to Sydney from New Orleans. If you'd like to reach out to me to share your story or give me your list, you can check me out at Instagram on Civil Matador, and I will see you in a few days. Thank you.